Hello guys and welcome to episode 134 of the Worldwide Shelves podcast. It's your host Matt back for another wonderful podcast and I am joined not by Carlito, not by Jesters, but I am joined by the main man, Mr. Worldwide Shelves himself, Sadiq. How are you doing my friend? What an intro man, thanks for having me on. I'm not going to lie to you, I'm, I'm surprised that I've officially made it on our own podcast again. Uh, it's been a very very long time but you hit me up and i thought yeah this is something that we definitely need to get into and we'll be reviewing it towards the end of the season yeah well i thought it was a good topic for us to get into obviously carlito does not like predictions um <laughs> so obviously you couldn't get him on, on on so i thought it's a good time to get you back on uh, a one-on-one podcast uh, against each other um, like the good times yes like the good times and let's see who can get the better predictions um, so, guys, today, what are we are going to do? Obviously, it is the beginning of the Premier League in the next couple of weeks, and we are going to do predictions, who's going to finish top, who's going to get relegated, everyone in between, and then we're going to look at who's top goal scorer, who's got the most assists, and who is going to be the young and player of the year um, at the end of the season. So, no doubt, like every YouTuber that does this, we are going to get it massively wrong. Um, but we're going to see who can get it least wrong. I think that's the best way to pull it, rather yeah. than who can get it right. Um, obviously, you guys, if you want to send us some messages after of your p- predictions, we can put you against each other as well. If we get enough people, we can do a little competition. And then at the end of the season, we will review this in a pod and hopefully be laughing at Sadiq's terrible listings <laughs> of people. Um, I don't know whether Sadiq has prepared for this at all i know he spoke to me a little bit about the young player of the year because we realized that is a bit of a hard one to predict but sadiq have you given this a little bit of thought or are you putting this off the whim no of course of course well, you know i've been looking at the the clubs in the premier league this season some exciting uh newly promoted teams and obviously the big teams have strengthened a lot so uh yeah let's get into it man yeah i mean we'll, we'll start with the bottom of the league so we'll, we'll, we'll go from bottom up because it's it's boring just to say Man City are going to win the league straight away, so we'll leave that to the end. Um, so we'll start with bottom, 20th place. Um, Sadiq, since you are the guest, I'll let you go first. Who are you putting bottom and why? Uh, I think it will be one of the newly promoted teams. Um, I'm excited by Luton. And I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, you somehow have to try and go to the away game for sure. Um, but I think Sheffield United. Um, that's that's my early early prediction uh, out of the newly promoted teams. Uh, not that you know I have massive massive knowledge on these teams and I've been following them week in week out, but I just feel like one of the three newly promoted teams. My prediction basically, I'm going to go with Sheffield United. Yeah, do you know what we've we've both gone with the same one. Um, hopefully <laughs> yes. It hopefully it doesn't continue like this. I, I it was for me it was tough between. A couple of the promoted sides of who would who would stay up, who would go down, and who would be last. I've just gone for Sheffield United just because I don't think they've strengthened very well, um, and I think unlike Luton, I think I think Luton just might have that little bit of a home form with that stadium, just to boost them potentially off the bottom. Um, I don't think Luton are expecting to stay in the Premier League, so it is a bit of a fairy tale. Let's see how we can do. Pressure's off. Whereas I think Sheffield United would want to stay in. Um, yeah, they haven't, just, as you said, strengthened that well. That well, yeah. So just, I think 
it will be a thing they probably will drop straight back into the championship, which might not be bad. Sometimes you've got the yo-yo, so um, it will be what it is for Sheffield United. Yeah. Um, hopefully, we don't lose to them like we did last last time they were up in the Premier League because we weren't <laughs> that great against Sheffield Sheffield United. Who, who did everyone well, predict? Who did everyone predict last year? Was it Bournemouth and they and they proved everyone wrong, right? It was Bournemouth. Did you see that clip where they exposed everyone? Or was it different clubs? Oh yeah, everyone everyone said Bournemouth would go down straight away. I mean, yeah. I I I do think I thought I, I did think Bournemouth would go down, but I didn't think they'd be bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's nice that we have one in common so far. Hopefully, all twenty are not in common. Otherwise, this becomes very pointless. Um, but I'm sure we will have some changes in the mid table. Um, Sadiq, for 19th, who have you gone with? It's a tough one. Um, by the way, who? It was Burnley, um, Luton, and Nottingham Forest. No, not Nottingham Forest. Sorry, uh, Sheffield United, right? The three. Yeah, the three that went up. Yeah. All this time, I was thinking Bournemouth, but luckily I remembered. Yeah, Bournemouth proved everyone wrong. Um, for 19th, I'm gonna go with Fulham. Uh, and I think that's going to be a bit of a surprise to listeners and maybe to yourself. Um, they did have some decent form last season. But I'm sure, like, Mitrovic has left, right? I'm sure he's left now. He is about to leave if he hasn't about already to leave. left. And I think, I think that's a big miss for sure. And um, I'm sure some of the main players, you know, they've been valued massive, massive amounts of money because mid-table clubs uh, are top teams in the top half have been looking at their players as well. So I feel like they will struggle this season, in my opinion. Yeah, I think, obviously, you've got, you don't know, it's, it's hard, obviously, it's, it's very hard doing it before the season started because, obviously, these teams can strengthen in the next few weeks. So that could completely change predictions and that's usually where people get it wrong. Um, obviously, Paulinho looks like he could go. Marco Silva hasn't been confirmed whether he's going Saudi as well. Um and it is that second season syndrome. I, I I have put Fulham lower than they did last season. I haven't quite put them 19th. Um, just because I think there are teams that I think are a little bit worse predicaments than Fulham are. Um, but I I wouldn't it wouldn't be it wouldn't be that much of a shock if they um, were in the relegation zone. I this is where the fairy tale does end for Luton. I have put Luton 19th. Um, I think that they'll they won't be bottom, but I don't think it goes much further than that. I think Luton, even with their signings, they're signing good championship players. And I think they're setting up to be a good championship team next season. Uh, so then they can put a bit more of an established promotion run to get to the Premier League the season after. Um, but to the Luton fans, I mean, hopefully you guys enjoy yourself. Um, as you said, Stick, hopefully me and you can get down there um, to see the you stadium before it probably goes. About. You don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what you're talking about. That's Whoops. what Luton fans Oops. are saying to you. I, 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 I quite like Luton fans. Um, I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're deluded enough to know that that they think that they're gonna f- finish very high. Um, I think they'll just be happy to enjoy the season um, for what it is. I mean, if they shock us, it, it wouldn't be so. It wouldn't be too much of a surprise. But I just don't think it's gonna happen. Um, so for the final relegation place, um, Sadiq, who have you chosen to go also go down with? We will start with you this time. I have done two out of three. Let's put the pressure on you. 
All right, all right. This 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 might come to a, a bit of a shock for people. I've picked Wolves to what? go down. Now l- let me hear this out. Wolves not been playing, not been doing well in the last few years. They've been in financial trouble. They can't sign, and even with Neves, who is now gone, they're not allowed to sign anyone. They've lost Jimenez as well, and that basically means Diego Costa is their main striker. A 36-year-old Diego Costa, 37, something like that. Um, so I think they're going to struggle. I don't think Lopetegui's not been happy um, with how it's going. I look at it and go, Lopetegui doesn't do well, gets sacked midway through the season. And with no financial power to get themselves out of it, I just think Wolves are a club that are trembling down, down, down. Um I think they lost Nathan Collins as well at the back. They've lost Connor Cody permanently. So I don't see much in that Wolves team anymore. And I think they will just drop. Um, And sometimes it's the bigger teams that don't know how to get themselves out of there. And I think compared to some of the other teams that have around them that have been in relegation battles a little bit more, I think they'll be a bit more spirited to get themselves out of it um but yeah wolves is my 18th choice it is a bit of a bold one but i wouldn't be surprised if it does happen sadiq who have you gone for yeah i think luton will be around there um i'm gonna keep luton at you know just one place above relegation but i think burnley will be fine um i think everton uh, and i think that's a very similar uh, situation and scenario to how you've been describing wolves um i don't know how they've been surviving recently uh, especially with you know, the likes of Frank Lampard in charge, etc. in the past. Um, I think it's going to be the same show, basically. The way you've described Wolves, my one's going to be Everton. Uh, and, you know, the reason why I'm defending teams like Burnley, I just feel like Burnley's going to be one of those difficult teams when you go to the ground where they just, you know, like part the bus or like, you know, sit back and soak up and try and get a draw out of you or something. I feel like these teams, these newly promoted teams, like you said with Luton at their home ground, I think they will that will save them. We saw it with the likes of Forest, um, you know, away from was poor, but when they come at home, they were absolutely amazing, even against the likes of Arsenal. So uh yeah, um I think Everton, from what I've seen, I think yeah. Especially they've been in our bogey team in in, in many, many years in the past as well. I want to see them go down as well, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, we might as well go into it because I've put, I've put Everton seventeenth. I, <laughs> I, I think they will just make it again for the skin of their teeth. I think the difference I put between Wolves and Everton is one, they have Sean Dyche, and I think Sean Dyche generally can yeah. get a team playing. And they, I think they'll just have a bit more grit to get this sorted. Um, I do so far look at some of the signings they've made they've, they've signed Dan Juma uh, who was at Tottenham last season I think Dan Juma he, he didn't get a lot of time at Tottenham but when he did come on and play he played a bit better I think it depends on if Everton signs striker if they go in with Calvert-Lewin only up front um, then maybe I could be wrong and they do get relegated but I do feel they will sign someone up front and if if they can get a few goals out of them I think that's generally where Everton have been struggling I think Sean Dyche will set him up a bit more solidly um to defend um I think that department they should be okay in but 
if they can Everton score enough goals, which I think they'll just about do. It will be a last day of the Premier League situation, skin of the teeth. But I just think out of Everton and Wolves, I think Everton have, as you said, that you, we don't know how they've got they've stayed in the Premier League last few seasons. I just think it might be another season where they just do that. Um, it probably will be their last because they can't keep doing that. But I think this might be the year that just Everton just, again, uh, stay in the Premier League. Um, who have you got 17th? Uh, I picked Luton just about to survive um, their home form for sure. We'll just about save them, I think. Uh, I'm going to compare it to the likes of Nottingham Forest last season. Forest away wasn't good enough, but the home form was really, really exciting to watch. You know, I really, really enjoyed the way they play their football. So I feel Luton, I know it's championship experience, but their their story, you know, from fourth division all the way, it's just amazing, man. So, uh, yeah, I'm rooting for them slightly as well, if I'm being honest. Oh, don't, I'd, I'd love Luton to stay up. Um, it would be absolutely the Premier League story. I mean, I've, I've seen some idiots on places like TalkSport and that, but little in Luton, look at how small a stadium they have and it's terrible for the Premier League and this is why the Super League should have happened. It's kind of like, hang on a minute, give these teams a break. They don't, they, they ain't, Luton, <coughs> ain't got Luton ain't got a lot of money. They can't just build a super stadium like all these clubs can. Um, they've, gone through, they've gone through the leagues in such a quick time. Just give them a bit of time. Um, they are improving their stadium and they probably will if they can stay in the Premier League for a good period of time. But I don't know. I, I just hate these people that just want to be very arrogant. And that's me. That's me coming from someone who supports Chelsea, a big club. Um, I hate it when us big clubs just have that arrogance just because other people ain't got what we got. Um, so like you, I will be rooting for Luton. I just don't think that will be um, the team that stays up. Um, I hope I'm wrong. And I hope this is the only part of the predictions that I'm wrong, that Luton's out. But we'll see how it goes. I'm going to flip this back onto you, Sadiq, again. 16th, who have you gone with? Uh, Burnley. Um, Vincent Company has done a phenomenal job, for sure. Uh, but I feel like this job will be not too big for him. But he will learn a lot from this season. And I feel, yeah, 16th place, Burnley. What, what about you? I've I've gone with Fulham. Uh, again, as you, for the same reasons of you, I think there is a bit of instability. Um, they are going to drop, almost have that second season syndrome a little bit. Um, but I again, I, I feel Fulham might just have enough again to stay up. Um, but... I don't think they get much higher than I think they they for me Fulham stay up um, just because um, yeah just because there's three or four three or four teams worse than them below them uh, that's kind of the main reason I've got. Um, are, are you, by the way, are you making a list of all, all the all the positions you're? Oh, you've already written it down because I've got good memory. <laughs> I've got my list written. I've written yours down. Oh no! Okay, cool, cool, cool. cool. What, who I'm did you put? You put um, for 16th. You put Burnley. Burnley. Right. Yeah, that's all right. I got got Burnley. it all up to date. Perfect, okay. perfect. This is why you are the host, my friend. Very, very organised. Um, but yeah, 
we'll, we'll look at 15th. We'll start with you this time, 15th. Well, I've gone for Nottingham Forest, I think. They're a settled team. They're not doing too much to improve, but where they signed about a billion players last year, obviously they don't need to sign anymore. Um, I think they they finished the season quite well, and I think they'll go into this season, play quite well, stay, be quite stable and become a more um, secure Premier League team. So I'll go Forest. Unfortunately, we're going to be equal again on this one, Nottingham Forest. Totally agree with what you're saying for sure. Yeah, I think Steve Cooper's a very good manager as well. Yeah, um, definitely. And it was I, I liked it that when Forrest weren't doing very well, um, the owner actually kept with Steve Cooper and um, trusted him a bit more. Um, and obviously it paid off. Um, sometimes I wish uh, some clubs like Chelsea could do that at times. <laughs> obviously, when you sign people like Graham Potter, that's not possible. Yeah, that makes sense. Definitely. So I'll, I'll flip it to you. 14th, who are you going for? Yeah, I'm stuck between 14 and 13. Uh, I've got Wolves in mind. I've got Crystal Palace in mind. Um, Palace manages Hodgson, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, he's, he's able to keep teams up. I feel like it'll be a decent season. Maybe they might lose some of the key players. Zaha's obviously, I believe he's left now, or he's on the verge of leaving. Yeah, he's um, gone to Galatasaray. Yeah, he's gone, yeah. So, he's gone. Michael Lease, you know, could be leaving, maybe. Uh, could be leaving for Chelsea, Man City, for example. So, they'll be losing their key players. Uh, and like you described, Wolves, a very similar situation um, to Everton. So, uh, yeah, I'm stuck between the two. So, I would go probably Wolves below Crystal Palace. So, that's your 14th and 13th? Yes. That's fine. I mean, I, I, I will say that we, again, have both struck with the same number in 13th. I've also put Crystal Palace kind of for the same reasons you've got Hodgson, quite stable manager. Um, they've lost Zaha. I don't know whether they'll lose Elise. Um, obviously, you've got Gway that could go as well. Um, that's a bit up in the air. Um, so I think Crystal Palace is 13th. Usually they finish 12th, so usually that's a safe one, but I've put them a little bit lower now um in 14th I've put Burnley um I think Vincent Company I I like the way he is a manager uh in terms of he can be um pragmatic when he needs to be but he can also know when to switch up and play attacking football as well and I think in these sort of teams down the bottom um it's good to have a manager that knows when to do that and when to not um because you can see teams that are too pragmatic and they get caught out or are too attacking and then ship a a bunch of goals. Um, Obviously, with the company being Belgium, he's taken uh, a lot of players from the Belgian league. So I do know a few of Burnley's players a little bit more in detail. So I think think they'll they'll do all right. They'll do all right. I think some people predicted they'll go down, but I think they'll do all right. So I think I'll put Burnley 14th and Palace 13th. Do you want me to do 12th as well while we're at it? Yeah, go go ahead. So for twelfth, I've put Brentford. Um, just really? Because, just because I think Ivan Tony being gone for the first half of the season, I think they'll struggle for goals. Um, and they'll it'll be I think it'll be a thing of teams will just outscore them a little bit. Um, obviously there is the potential of Ivan Tony to come back. That's why I've not put them down 
further in the Fulham category. Uh, and I think they'll have a strong second half of the season um, and push themselves into 12th place. But I just don't think Brentford will have as good a season. Um, I think a few other teams have improved enough as well um, to keep them a bit higher. Um, and it's harder to... harder. I think it's harder than the last season to get into that top 10. So I, I put them 12. OK. Um, so I'm stuck between... Uh, Bournemouth. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say Brentford. I think Brentford will be top ten still. I think they've kind of stabilised for sure up there. Um, so I'm gonna go with. I think Bournemouth or Aston Villa. I say Bournemouth definitely for sure. Um, they surprised everyone last season, and I feel. Yeah, this season they'll have a. Not the worst seasons, but they'll be around. They'll, they'll surprise one or two big teams. But, uh, yeah, I'll go with them, 12th place. Yeah, I mean, well, I've put Bournemouth 11th, so not too much difference between <laughs> us. Um, I think, as you said, I think they've... The only thing that kind of threw me a little bit was the fact that they sacked Gary O'Neill, who did very well from last season uh, and kept him in the league. Um, but they've got a, that rare Valicano manager who has got a little bit of hype around him, so um, I'm hoping that he can do well. I think Bournemouth have signed a few players. That they, 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 they're they signing in a way that they look like they know what they're doing. They've got a bit of a process, and maybe this can be a bit more of a, a B-Tech Brentford, a B-Tech Brighton in a way that they have a process that they're starting to follow. Um, obviously, it's in the early days, so they won't hit the heights of top 10 yet, but um, I, think I think they'll have a bit more of a stable season uh and be okay and be around in that mid-table race um who have you got for 11th surprise one i've gone for west ham um and i'm saying west ham because declan rice your favorite player of all time uh chelsea boy with mason mount has officially left a club for arsenal football club so i feel he'll be a big miss and I think West Ham, obviously, they've done well. They won a European trophy. Uh, I think first time in what, 50, 60 years or first time in history, whenever it was. Um, I think West Ham will struggle this season, Matt. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't disagree because, again, I've, I've got West Ham in 10th place. Um, Come on, why are you copying me, man? No, I, 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 I'm just putting, I'm just, I'm just putting it one higher. Everyone's, a bit, everyone's just one higher at the moment. Um, but again, I, I think the Declan Rice thing is, is, is a big miss. But I think if they spend the money wisely, which if they get a Palinia in, um, maybe a Conor Gallagher. I know we, we will chuckle at that as Chelsea fans saying, "Oh, Conor Gallagher, good signing." I think if you can have a Paulinho, a Gallagher um, and a Paqueta, for example, I think sometimes you spend the money right there. There's not too much. Um, there'll be a bit of a miss, but not a huge miss, as in like the Fulhams that drop right down. Um, I think they'll actually have a better season than they did last season. But I do think that Europa League Thursday the Sunday will hamper West Ham a little bit. Um so I think that's why I've put them 10th and below some of the other teams that are just above them, uh, who are also very good teams. Um, who have you put 10th? I put 10th for Brentford. Uh, you put Brentford 
12 or 13th, right? 12th, yeah. 12th, yeah. So I've gone with 10th. I think with their experience, I know you said um, even Tony is out until what, January, I think it was? January 16th, I think. January 16th. Uh, whether he will leave in that January when there's always another, another question mark. So I'm dependent, you know, on him staying for 10th place as well. Yeah, it's a bit of a hard one with Brentford because, again, if he leaves and presumably if he leaves, I don't think it's going to be for a premium price if he hasn't played for six months. Um, so whether Brentford can effectively replace Tony, which is hard to do, obviously that that's the one that I kind of I looked at and it was a team that I kept changing um, because I, I just couldn't make a decision. Um, but I trust Brentford and I trust Thomas Frank a little bit more, so that's kind of where I've... Like put Brentford a little bit lower than you, but not not like Fulham or Everton Wolves or anything like that. Um, yeah, uh, as I said, yeah, West Ham tenth. You put Brentford tenth. Um, so we're going into the top half of the table now. Thanks. Uh, bit more exciting, yes. Who have you put ninth? Ninth, I've gone with Brighton. Um, I expect after losing some of the players. I expect Casado to still leave as well. I expect not signing Cole on a permanent will have a massive effect on Brighton. Obviously, I've been watching them quite a bit in preseason. Uh, the build-up play is still amazing to watch. Um, but I feel like some of these players that they don't have, or you know, McAllister left for Liverpool. Um, I feel like they'll be affected this season. Uh, the manager said that he's got replacements in mind. If for Casado if he's to leave, uh, but whether these guys have a massive effect as soon as they come in is, is another question for another day. So I'm going with Brighton. Yeah, I mean I have also gone with Casado Les Brighton, um, oh. which, which I do hope it's Casado Les Brighton. Um, as you said, the same reasons McAllister has gone, um, Casado has gone, and when you when you lose multiple players in midfield like that. Um, you do need a bit of time to rebuild. Obviously, they've, they've brought in De Hood. Um, I guess that's the McAllister replacement. Um, not a bad player. Looked quite looked okay against us. Um, I think, obviously, Caicedo wasn't playing, so it was a bit harder for him um, to get that bit of control. But, obviously, it looks like we saw, we've just signed Caicedo's replacement. Um, yeah. Potential replacement. So, Brighton might have to um, look a bit more deeper in the leagues, and that might mess them up a little bit more as well um but yeah i i don't think it's i think ninth for brighton it sounds a bit disappointing but i think it's just that certain other teams have improved um some of the teams that were dreadful last season i.e chelsea have improved enough and it's just physically that's that they're hitting they're always going to hit the ceiling of what they can but i just think with the teams that have improved the ceiling is ninth um yeah if a, if a certain player leaves uh, from a particular big club, um, then that might that might change the whole picture. Um, I'll, I'll mention it when that team comes into my prediction. But um, yeah, I think the ninth. I, I, I just think Brighton will be the ninth best team. I just can't see them get any higher at the moment with some of the players that are losing. I think João Pedro is someone to look out for up front, um, and obviously they've got Evan Ferguson as well. So I think they've got goals in them. But I think we're losing Levi Colwell as well, because um, that's obviously effectively another signing they've lost. Um, 
even though it weren't their player in the first place. I just think there might be just some, some more holes in Brighton a little bit. Um, and I think they'll be rebuilding for kind of next season and the season after. Um, so next would be eighth. Um, do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? Yeah, just quickly. Eighth and seventh, I've got Villa and Tottenham. But then I feel like I'm missing one team. and I can't figure out who it is. So excluding Man City, United, Arsenal, Chelsea, Newcastle. If I put Villa and Tottenham eighth and seventh... I'm missing a 16. Liverpool. Liverpool, right? Yeah, yeah. then it's fine. Yeah, I got my list. So basically, I've gone with Villa out of the best, uh, out of the lot. They will be the best teams just outside, you know, the Tottenham, Newcastle, Chelsea, etc. So yeah, I think Aston Villa are the best of the bunch. They've, they've done really, really well. I expect him to have a good season again. And then I've gone with Tottenham because I expect Harry Kane to leave. Um, I think he will join by Munich this season, and I think it will be a massive loss to them. So that, those are my two predictions for seventh and eighth. Yo, I, I've I've gone a bit more ambitious of this. I, I've actually put Tottenham eighth and Aston Villa seventh, um, <laughs> just because I think, and that, and that is actually a Tottenham that is keeping Harry Kane. Um, wow. I don't I don't I see I know they've got Madison. And that is a good, that is a bit of an improvement, um, but I don't see much more improvement other than that. They've got a goalkeeper in who sound it's probably because they're not big names that I maybe not I haven't seen them enough to go. All right, he's a good replacement for Larice. He's a good. Uh, I think they've got a centre back as well. Um, or that and that Manu Solomon um, from Shakhtar, um, but I just don't see enough them to push I think Aston Villa they've made some good signings they've got that DRB from Bayer Leverkusen um they've brought Paul Torres in they've, they've got a couple more signings that really look quite good um I think the only thing I think of Aston Villa is can they cope with European football but with a manager like Unai Emery I think he's 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 the Euro, he's the Europa League king um so I think it's it's tough, but I think Villa will just sneak in because um, I think this Tottenham, it's it, there's so much unknowns with Ange Postecoglou. How how well is he going to adapt to the Premier League? Tottenham have not signed a lot of big players, bar Madison. Um, and I think if they st- if if Tottenham did sign Conor Gallagher, I think that might put them down a few as well if they're trusting him to be a, a very good player in the team. Um, Obviously, if Harry Kane does leave, I don't know where Tottenham finishes. I think it's below eighth because I think Brighton are a better team. Because I think the only reason Tottenham are in a top six is because of Harry Kane. Um, I think it makes Son look worse as well if Harry Kane goes. So God knows where Tottenham will finish if Harry Kane does leave. But yeah, I've gone uh, Villa seventh um, and Tottenham eighth, which will be very interesting. We're quite close. We're quite close between. It is. I mean, when you get to that mid-table line, it's just. There's a couple of teams that are in different places, but you roughly know who's going to finish in them positions. Um, but it is quite interesting. It is quite interesting how close we are. Um, obviously, the top six, we all know who we all have the same teams available, but it depends on where these teams are going to finish um, in this list. Um, so for six, Sadiq, who have you gone with? Exciting times here, Matt. Welcome to the top six predictions. This is where I'll get six out of six correct, my friend. 
Okay. Six. Newcastle. Ooh. I thought you I thought you were gonna say someone else there. Um Well tell us too. Who who do you think I thought uh, you thought I, I was gonna say? I thought you was gonna say Chelsea. Nah. I think Chelsea will do well this season. You know me, deluded as always. But I'll get this right six out of six, my friend. What's your six? I've put Manchester United. That's hundred percent wrong, my friend. No, I, I just I just look at it, I go, all right, they've they've improved with Onana, fair enough. It's a better What's my goalkeeper, name? A better goalkeeper. They've got Mount, who I just don't think is going to do very well. Um, he's just going to be very mid. Um, especially if, as I saw in pre-season, they're just going to play him on the wing. Um, I just think that's laughable. Um, Mason Mount moaned that he was out of position um, just to go play in an out of position Man United. Um, but there you go. I don't I don't rate that Rasmus Holland. Um, as highly as some other people do. Um, I don't think he's going to get enough goals for United. And I think the problem with United in general is there's not, there is hardly any depth behind that first 11. Um, I've listened to Mark Goldridge and a couple of other United people talk about it. Um, and I don't see them spending a lot more than they are. I think apparently they look like they're going to get Amrabat. And I think that's going to be it. Um, and again, Amrabat's a good player, but I think Newcastle have strengthened more in that position by getting Tonali. Um, Chelsea will strengthen bigger in that position. So I just think United, it might not click together as well as people think. Um, and I think with this whole Glazers sell, is it going to be Qatari? Is it going to be Ratcliffe? I think that will keep everything a bit unsettled at United for this season. Um, we know how a sale process unsettled us. So I think that might unsettle United this season. That's why I've put them sixth, personally. Okay. Okay. Um, for fifth, it's tough. Um, I think at the moment, all teams remain in our head of Chelsea. However, I still feel we'll make at least two more signings that will that will boost us up to that you know, fourth, third, etc. So it's tough to say at this moment. Yeah, you'd say probably Chelsea fifth. Um, if I'm being honest, because I've seen Liverpool strengthen, I've seen United strengthen, and I feel even though United, you know, have those moments, I feel like they are still making key signings. Um, you know, Mount might not be our amazing to watch, but for United, he might do some madness. I, I don't know this. For me, he reminds me of like an Aaron Ramsey at Arsenal. I feel like he will have that impact um, where he would just somehow get these important goals for them. But he might not be that amazing. So even Liverpool, Liverpool has strengthened in midfield. They've sold midfielders and I feel like fresh energy, new life. We are trying to do that right now. Um, so it's tough. Fifth place, you know, at this moment, I'd say Chelsea because we haven't made... The Moises Casado signing. We are still full. We need a goalkeeper. Um, so yeah, I'll go with Chelsea fifth. Unfortunately, that would ch- that would change. That would change if we make two or three signings though. That would change. That's the thing. You said you were Mr. Positive, and you're putting yeah. Chelsea as our top four. Yeah, it's. I mean, we need fifth anyway for Champions League. So really, yeah. I mean, that is true. That is true. <laughs> I, I've I've actually put Newcastle fifth. Um, 
for the reasons of I think they've got a good side. I think they've made some fantastic signings. The Tonali, um, they're looking at Livramento as a backup to Trippio, who looked really good against us. Um, they're selling Saint Saint Maximum. They're, they're just they're just going about their business nice and calmly as they did last season. Um, and I just think I look I, I look at them and think they they're a good side. They could eat, they could get top four. And I think with who I've put forth, it, again it, it it is dependent on signings and how it gels together. Um, but I just think Newcastle with the Champions League they might just struggle again depth-wise. I think fifth and sixth have very much been based on, I don't think their depth's good enough to cope with European competitions as yet. Um, I think without proper, without big European competitions, I think they're all right. But when you're playing the big boys and say a Newcastle goes late into the Champions League, kind of like Leicester did, I think that will hit their Premier League form a little bit. So it depends on what Newcastle's ambitions are is it uh we want to finish top five at top type top four top five again and whatever we do in the champions league this season is a bonus but if they go well we want to do well in the champions league this season then i think that's when newcastle it will be tight between i think fourth fifth and sixth will be very tight don't get me wrong i, I think when i say what the positions they're in i think it's it will it, it will be decided on the last few days of the season um it won't be fifth sixth from miles away from fourth they'll all be very close but i do think newcastle is fifth for me um so fourth who are you going for fourth arsenal third united second uh liverpool so four you said fourth united no fourth uh, arsenal fourth arsenal third united second liverpool Interesting. Um, I'll get into why. Um, Liverpool, from what I saw last season, they were bad at times. But on the Klopp, a manager that's got that experience for many, many years now, I just feel like they they just had a season of, of that blip, basically. Um, they came alive towards the end of the season. I know they, I think they bottled the last two games, but before that, they were winning games and they were putting pressure on and we were close to them on the table for most of the season uh we went down and they went up so from what i've seen with liverpool i think i think they'll be up there again I, i'm not saying that they'll be very close to city in, in terms of challenging but i feel like you know second to fourth fifth will be very tight they'll swap places arsenal united liverpool but i just feel Liverpool will do the job. I think, as I said with United, I'm I'm very impressed with the signings that they're making. The striker, they've officially got a striker now, in my opinion. Um, I don't know why Sky Sports are comparing it to Haaland. I don't think he'll have that kind of impact. But I feel like from, you know, Ronaldo to who they went to after that, Wilkos, whatever his name is, or I, can't, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing his name right. But they've officially got a striker now. Um, and let's be real, with Chelsea, we... We were talking about big strikers, your Harry Kane's, your Oshermans, and yeah, Nicholas Jackson. I don't think he was everyone's first choice, and I feel like from what we've seen preseason, he's been an absolute gem. If I'm being honest, he's been great, and I hope he gets that get, gets that chance. So Arsenal, I know, is a bit of a surprise, but I feel like it's a one-off season that they had 
with uh, Man City last season. I know they've signed the likes of Declan Rice. Havertz is going to have an absolute stinker uh, this season. Um, I've watched him in pre-season. Stinker. Um, I think I don't know if they've signed Timber already. Timber's gone through, yeah. Yeah, Timber's gone through. So yeah, I mean, look, that's that's a very good position. But you need to remember that Arsenal. You know, reading when is the last time they were in the Champions League? Like years ago, you know. And I feel like this will play a massive part. This ain't Europa League, and they've come out early. They're going to be looking at the Champions League, and I feel like that's going to affect them a lot as well. So Liverpool don't have Champions League. They got Europa League, I believe. Um, and Klopp ain't going to take that that competition serious, in my opinion. So yeah, it'll be between Arsenal, United for. For yeah, I mean, I, I can understand your points. I think that's fair enough. Um, I've gone a little bit different to you. Uh, so I, I've gone Chelsea fourth. Um, Mr. Mr. Negativity is putting Chelsea in the top four. Yes, I know. Um, that is me basing off the fact that I think we will get Caicedo. Mm. I think we will get Kudis. Then um, I'll agree with you. Then I'll definitely agree with you. Yeah. Then I, and I, I think that again, I think as I said, fourth, fifth, and sixth, I think will be very close. So I think it is minuscules between the two. I, I I've been saying for a while for Chelsea fifth, but I've just got this faith that I think with Jackson looking good, with Santos looking good, with Casade looking good, um, I don't think Matson will stay. But if Matson's look, there's just been a lot of the younger players that have stepped up and looked quite good. Obviously preseason. You can't. I'm hesitant to fully back it because we've seen pre-season Ross the boss before, um, and then he stinks up in the regular season. So you never know with some of these players. Um, but I do think Chelsea will just sneak into that top four. Um, I've gone with Liverpool in third. Um, I understand that they've they've imp- improved the midfield, and I like the way they've gone about it. Um, They've got some very tidy signings of uh, obviously Provenci, hopefully Romeo Lavia, um, Sablotsai and McAllister. Obviously, there's that unknown of is Trent going to play midfield the whole season? Um, is he going to be the starting defensive midfielder? Um, is he going to play further forward in the midfield? It's a bit of question marks there. I just think with Liverpool and where I've separated them with Arsenal being second a little bit is that I. I look at the Arsenal midfield and there's not, uh, sorry, the Liverpool midfield and there's not a lot of experience. Obviously, you've got Lavia who has played one year of men's football and that was in a bottom of the league, Southampton. I don't want to blame that on him, but that is just his record at the moment. Um, you've got McAllister, fair enough, fairly experienced in a Brighton team, but the difference between Liverpool and Brighton is huge. Um, and then you've got uh, Sablotsai is coming from the Bundesliga and you know you know with Kai Havertz and the likes of that it takes a bit of time to adapt it's a big jump from the Bundesliga um, so how he does in the Premier League it's it, it's a bit of unknown and that's why I've kind of I'm kind of looking at Arsenal with Declan Rice who consistently for the last three four seasons has played very well in the Premier League Um I think that's a it's a smaller gap um, to fill. I think even with Kai Havertz, he hasn't played well. I, I think he'll do like Mount. I think he'll do okay, but be nothing special at Arsenal. Um, I think potentially if they if they sell Partey, they 
may get one more um, midfielder in, depending on who that is. I don't know whether Kai Havertz starts or not. Um, but I think, again, Timber is something it just gives them a little bit more depth to what they had last year. And I think with the with the potential Liverpool gelling or not gelling, I just think Arsenal might just tip. Again, it's very close between the two, but I think Arsenal might just tip Liverpool um, for second place again. Um, it is hard because I understand what you mean about the Champions League. Uh, Liverpool, I don't, as you said, I don't think they'll take the Europa League too seriously. Um, but I just think Arsenal, I, I just have Arsenal uh, Wenger vibes where Arsenal get through the group stages and then get knocked out in the round of 16 to Bayern Munich or Barcelona or something like that. Um, <laughs> so I, don't, I feel like they're not going to have a big Champions League run either. Um, so that might help them a little bit in the Premier League as well. Um, obviously, we've, we, 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 from this, we can guess who we've put at the top. Uh, I think both of us have gone with City. Do you think it'll be a little bit closer with City this season or do you think they'll run yeah. away? Yeah, I think it'll be very, very close. So, um, I still feel players will leave them. I still feel Bernardo Silva, if he hasn't left already. I haven't I haven't really followed the news around City, but I remember Bernardo Silva was linked to PSG. Um, I know Nathan Ake signed a new deal. Riyad Mahrez has left, of course. And I think that's going to be... They had that depth, you know. I think Pep yeah. had, a, had a plan B always. Um, obviously they'll still play their amazing football they'll get their goals 100% but I feel like they used to look at the likes of you know, Gundogan for example or the likes of uh, Mahrez and I feel this will play a part and what I like about Pep is he's, I feel like he'll struggle at the start of the season but he'll pick up the form and we've seen this in the past where you doubt, you start to doubt Man City I remember they lost against West Ham uh, at the start of the season I think a couple of years ago, and then they come back strong and they win every single game. And I feel like it will be the same situation here again. Whether Harlan will have the same impact, I don't know. He's he's absolutely destroyed last season. They've won the treble. Are they still going to be hungry? The last time we've seen these teams defend, I know I know Man City win the Premier League year in year out, but I don't feel like the competition was as strong in those years, in my opinion. Obviously, the likes of Liverpool was, was quite good at the time. But when you compare it to the likes of Chelsea defending um, back back Mourinho days and, and the United's uh, under Ferguson, I feel like they might get too complacent after winning the treble. They've, they've made history, you know? So whether they have that same hunger, new players coming in, special players leaving, I feel like it's going to be tired. They'll probably get over the line, but I think it's going to be very tight. Yeah, I, I think with the Man City situation, it is, it is that thing of how many will leave. Um, obviously, you mentioned Mahrez has gone, um, Gundogan has gone. All right, I think they have replaced effectively Gundogan with Kovacic, which I think is a... I know he didn't do fantastic for us last season, but I think in a Man City side, I think that's where you see Kovacic thrive. Um, so I think he will do quite well for City. Um, I, I just feel with Man City, I think now... Mares and that has left. I think the Bernardo Silva thing is is a thing of, I think they've pumped the brakes on that and said, well, we're not as happy to you for you to leave yet unless we get other people in. Um, I think Laporte is another question, a big question mark. There was rumours that he wanted to leave, um, but you get that with City sometimes. I think Bernardo Silva has been wanting to leave for the past two or three seasons and has just gone on to stay anyway. Um, so I wonder whether that will be the the same with Laporte this season. Um, 
and of course it depends who they bring in obviously as we mentioned before um the Chelsea rumors Elise has been looked at for City um I think that would be a good backup option for them to slowly bring in obviously this is now a chance for Phil Foden to really take the grips um of this season you've got Grealish still there um obviously De Bruyne is still there and firing at all cylinders so um I think I agree with you I think it'll be Man City will be a little bit slow beginning the season but you know City can put 15-16 wins in a row um and I think that's what they'll do again um and push it through. I don't think they'll win as many trophies as they did last season. I, I, I don't. I think they'll they'll fall foul of the domestic cups um, a little bit. I think it will be the champ. I think they might go on to try and win the Champions League again, and it will be the league again. Um, I think yeah, the hunger thing is is a thing that we wonder. But Man City, we could say that for the league. Man City won the league three time, three years in a row. Their hunger hasn't gone yet. Um, so I'm wondering, will it will it go, and will it go while there's a Pep Guardiola in charge of that team? I don't know. I think the the big change for Man City will be when Pep Guardiola eventually leaves. Um, yeah, can been. I do I do think it will be a couple of years, and I think Pep will want. I think he like he likes a Manchester City, but I think he will want a new challenge in a way. Yeah, it is it is just a bit too easy for Man City for him, and I think he will. Whether he looks at Another another team, another league. He hasn't been to he hasn't been to Italy before, but maybe that's not a really a place he wants to go at the moment. Could he go into France? Could he go back to Spain? Or he didn't really have a good run in Germany, so maybe could he have a better run in Germany? Or does Pep go and look and go? Maybe I fancy a bit of international management um, because that seeing Pep, if Pep Guardiola ever lifted a World Cup. That is him certified the best manager of all time. Full stop. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I think that'll be the one thing that everyone can go. Maybe old Pep hasn't won a World Cup. He's and that would that would that would destroy the whole Pep can only win money argument because obviously international football you have no money to deal with. Um, so I I, I I do think Pep will leave eventually, but that will be in a few years, so we can debate that when it when it does come along. Um, so what we're going to do next, guys, is we're going to do. The individual awards, your top goal scorers, your top assists, um, your player of the season, the young player of the season. Um, I'll kind of start it off with the top goal scorer um, and people are going to say, boo, this is boring. I've gone with Erling Haaland again. Um, I, don't, I don't think it will be, I, I agree with Sadiq, I don't think it will be as much as last season. Um, but I think, especially if there's, Doubt on whether Harry Kane's going to be here. I just don't see anyone right now fully challenging Haaland for um, top scorer, bar maybe a Salah. I think Salah could be the only one that I look at and really go, he'll challenge Haaland for goals um, all season. I've gone um, for Mo Salah. See, we, we, we've both got the names in mind, to be fair. Um, I think it depends on how how each season goes. Um, I said Liverpool go strong this season, so I believe Salah will do well. That is fair. Enough. I mean, I, I, if you said anyone else, I'd probably go no. But I, I can. It's it's not it's it's one that I can go. Yeah, I can see it happening. Restless. Well. <laughs> hey, we might get. You never know. Nicholas Jackson might become top goal scorer. Maybe you never know, my friend. You never know. 
as 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 I can't remember which Chelsea YouTuber said it was, but is it Didier Drogba just in a mask? Oh no, let's not do the comparisons, bro. No, but I I did find that funny. It was not even just comparing him to Didier Drogba. It was saying it is Didier Drogba underneath. Um, but yeah, I I I I, I think Jack Jackson would do well, but I don't think he'll be top goal scorer. Um, but I think he'll be one of the most promising young players. Um, not for PFA because as we found out. He's too old to win it, but there you go. Um, it is what it is. Um, who have you gone for most assists? It's going to be a boring one. De Bruyne. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I've gone exactly the same thing. <laughs> uh, I just think when you've got someone like um, Erling Haaland in front of you, it is the easiest thing. Um to do it is the the easiest way to win the awards i think i looked last year i think de bruyne had 16 and salah had 12 um i think especially if salah then becomes more of a scoring winger this season again i don't see i just it's hard um maybe an odegaard might challenge him a little bit but odegaard hasn't got a island harland in front of him hasn't got a jack Grealish, hasn't got a Foden. i think where de bruyne is getting a little bit older as well I think he just lets the other the other, the three in front of him just take the goals. He doesn't need to go for the goals anymore. He'll just sit and play and play make. Um, maybe an Enzo Fernandez might get there, but I feel like Enzo Fernandez may maybe the uh, pre-assist award uh, if if we're ever going to count that because um, I think he'll be building up the play further uh, deeper down. Um, but yeah, do you, is there any honourable mentions for? Challenging De Bruyne, or do you think there's going to be no challenge? No, no, I think it's going to be clear, bro. I think it's just going to be De Bruyne. I don't have anyone's in mind, personally. Fair enough. So you've got Mo Salah winning top goal scorer. You've got yeah. De Bruyne winning top assists. Yeah. So who is your PFA Player of the Year? Is it any one of them, or is it someone we haven't even mentioned? Uh, Mesa Mount, if I'm being no, I'm joking. Um. I think if I put Johnny, Mo Salah, sorry, Johnny, is that you? Johnny, yeah, Johnny. Middle of the sea. Let's have it right, people. Um, if I've gone with Mo Salah's top scorer, I'll stick with Salah. See, I, I I've gone down that exact road because I know I don't want to I don't want to put out a hipster one for Player of the Year because I know the PFA is just boring and we'll just go with the top goal scorer as PFA Player of the Year. So I. I've gone with Erling Haaland um, just because Erling Haaland is Erling Haaland. Um, oh, it is. Going down the same logic, so you can't you can't moan at my options. Give me nightmares, bro. I used to do like three streams on the guy joining Chelsea. Let's see, yeah. let's see. Um, obviously, PFA young player. We had a bit of a, a debate <laughs> before because. Um, the PFA have changed their rulings where it used to be under 23. It's now 21 and under, which we've we went through the amount of 22 year olds that are yeah, good that are there is ridiculous. Um, so it doesn't look like there's much to choose from. And um, who have you gone for? I've gone for the easy route, my friend. I'm going to be straight, brutally honest with you. Liver? No, I'm joking. Uh, Moises Casado, especially if he joins Chelsea. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I it's one of them ones. 
there's so little players to choose from um unless someone just really comes out of the the guts and just really improves really plays well um i wouldn't disagree with yours completely i've gone mine's a bit more riskier because i know they like to go with forwards and midfielders um but i've chosen the defender and i just think he might do enough to get the award and i've actually gone with levi cole wow i think i think we've um badia shile out for the start of the season if Colwell can have a really good start to the season and stamps that place, Baddy Ashil may struggle to get in. Um, and if he carries on, then he's good. He's just going to have to play third choice. Um, obviously, youth merchant, is that you? No, it's it's, it's, it's not a youth Brand merchant. It's just, it's just, it's just I, I look at him, I think he's, he had a fantastic season last year. He's got that bit of a hype train from the Euros. Um, so I, I just I just think if he can have a really good season this season, I think it might be the year that the PFA finally actually vote a young defender. Um, and as a centre-back myself, it would be a bit of a victory for me to see a centre-back win player of the season um, because it is it should be deserved. I think, did Van Dijk win it one year? I think he did, you know. So I think, there's, the, apart from that, you don't get many PFA player of the years that are centre-backs, so just because there's not many to choose from and I didn't want to pick Moises Caicedo, I've gone with Levi Cobble. Um, if, obviously, it's if he gets good starts and has a good season. Um, it's a bit more of a riskier one, but I'll be happy to lose that one if I can get a few more places in the Premier League predictions right. Uh, I'll be happy to uh, to concede that one. Um, so they, those are our predictions for the Premier League this season. Guys, if you wrote, wrote yours ones down, um first let us know who's got the better one out of me and Sadiq. Uh I think it's quite <laughs> obvious uh who's got the better one. Um and let us let us know if you message either me and Sadiq um your lists for the Premier League and your individual awards, we can I can jot it down um and we can have a little debate at this at the end of the season uh, and laugh at whoever's got the wrong ones. Because there's no doubt there's gonna be one team that just completely just destroys our, our predictions there's always just that one team that does really well i've got it uh, spot on bro i've got it spot on well, let, 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 let's see let's see i think we've we've gone a bit ambitious um and tried to rock the boat a little bit but um we'll, we'll see we'll see how it goes um, come on luton come on luton but yeah um before we finish thought we just do a little quickly wrap up uh on chelsea so far sadiq obviously you haven't been on the pod uh for this season so for anyone that doesn't listen to the streams and only listens to the pod um what do you think of chelsea's business so far uh, i don't want to be too negative um i don't think it's been as positive as the way you've put it out there obviously me and you have had our back and forths um i feel like you you've seen the business done differently naming so many signings Chelsea have made but for me first team squad just hasn't improved like we signed you know Brighton's target yesterday breaking news come out of the blue surely some of that money could have went to the Casado deal or maybe we just don't want to overspend towards 100 million um it's all good signing all these talents the project looks bright the future looks bright but what about this season um 
I still feel we are behind. Uh, and, you know, we let players go. Kante, who obviously didn't feature a lot, but Kovacic, J5 left earlier. Conor Gallagher set to leave. Mason Mount has gone. Havertz leaving. Yes, it's amazing um, that we've raised so much sales. And obviously we had to get as much back as possible. But at the same time, have we really strengthened properly? I don't think so. Um, we're missing that midfielder. Kepa looks like he will stay. Uh, and, you know, Slovenia has gone out on loan, which I think is right. Um, Mendy's gone. So who's, who's going to be given that competition for Kepa? Because I'm not confident. We can make jokes about me on Kepa and Marcos Alonso and all this, but, you know, we all want the best for Chelsea Football Club. So I feel like we're going to struggle quite a lot this season if we don't get these two or three signings. Um, so, yeah, overall business has been good in terms of the sell, 10 out of 10. But uh, for this season alone, I don't think it's been good enough. Yeah, I think where I differ from you is I think I I, I do understand that we, we would love to have some of these signings done. But I think sometimes we look at a, a signing being stalled and a signing not being done. And I feel sometimes too much we just blame it on Chelsea as if Chelsea are the only party um, that is to blame for a transfer not working. I think I look at some of the targets, and even not just Caicedo, Agate, for example. Agate looked like it was smooth sailing. Um, then PSG come in and just slap 200k on the table for him. Um, and I fully back Chelsea for not just going and putting putting a a fairly unproven player um, on a ridiculous wage. Um, I know it's. It, it is Pochettino's policy as well as I think the owner's policy now not to put players on ridiculous wages because it messes the hierarchy and um, creates problems between the players, as we've seen with Callum Hudson-Odoi on 120k and other players like that um, who not necessarily proven done it uh, on good wages. You have to always Hudson-Odoi, right? No, but, but I, I don't I, think you can. I don't think I, you can go a stream or pod without mentioning them. Tammy Abraham, Pulisic. Um, <laughs> Kai Havertz, even all these players that were on Matt, big wages. Matt, and... listen, you're right. You're right in terms of the Garty deal, hundred percent. But the Casado deal is not the same situation. We have tried to lowball many times. It's failed. If we know this and it's too much and we don't want to overspend, let's walk away and sign someone else. Yes, it might not be the best replacement or different target, but at least it has the same mindset of you know, Agate, we're not going to overpay wages, we're not going to overpay fees, whatever it is, we're not going to do that. And I feel that's the most important thing right now. We've left it so long, bro. Like, we had personal terms agreed with the player back in May. He hasn't pushed himself for a transfer request, but he's come out in public saying he wants to move. So he hasn't fully pushed it himself. So I understand you're saying it's not all Chelsea's fault, but majority of it is because we know what the fees are. And if we don't want to spend that, I, I would question we can do walk away. I would question, do we? Sorry? I would question, do we know what the fee is? Because there has been what a few sources that have come out and said that actually when Chelsea have asked Brighton <laughs> what the price is, Brighton actually haven't physically given them an asking price. Yeah, but bro, um, we've given three to four bids rejected. I'm no, sure I, I get, I get that. I, I, I do. I understand every team will lowball 
at first because it is the idea of you try and establish a negotiating at table you, you lowball knowing that it probably won't get accepted so then Brighton's counteroffer potentially does but does come a bit closer to the fee that you actually want um I think Chelsea know that they've they probably want they probably will want to bid 80 85 million for Caicedo I don't think they'll go much higher than that maybe some add-ons um in terms of performance bonuses but I, I think that will be their threshold I think maybe the I understand the bids could have come faster um but again I do think with that reluctance to of Caicedo forcing it um and sometimes it's it's not about putting the bid in straight away it's about putting the bid in at the right time I think what Chelsea were kind of a, I think banking on a little bit as well was to for Caicedo to cause a bit of trouble in the Brighton camp and when you know when you've got an unhappy player you know you have to get rid of him otherwise it's going to cause problems in the team so if Chelsea waited for that to happen and then put the 80 million in Brighton are more would be more reluctant to probably accept it because their player is unhappy I think the problem is Caicedo hasn't pushed the move which I am disappointed with at the moment Um, there's little rumours and stuff that he's coming out and I did see to be fair in the last game he was walking around like he couldn't be bothered um, which is good I like to see that um, because that might mean he's actually causing something behind the scenes but why Caicedo signed a new contract without putting a release clause in his contract I don't know why Caicedo isn't forcing the move as much as he should if he really wants to leave I don't know and I think Brighton's tactic of effectively not giving Chelsea an asking price and pushing through their sources so your Andy Naylor's of the world um, that it's 100 million without officially saying it's 100 million is trying to push on Chelsea to be what Chelsea have been the last few years which is Enzo Fernandez. we're just going to pay it other players Kai Havertz we're just going to pay the fee and I think that's what Chelsea are trying to battle with is we're trying to set ourselves up as a team as we're not just going to pay these high fees that you you're going to say we, we are going to negotiate this down we're not we're not going to take your high fees and be stupid with this and um, I think Chelsea are prepared to walk away from Caicedo I think the questions are now for the first time is do we do we have another option do we walk away uh, I think there are pressure and tactics that is going on I think Chelsea will put one more bid in and I think they are probably really they probably actually are going to Caicedo's camp and go in you don't force a move, we're just pulling out now. Uh, and I think that's where Caicedo is going to have to do something. Um, I do have hope that it still goes through. Uh, I'm not completely unconfident. I think if we go into Liverpool and he hasn't signed, that's when I start being a bit more uncomfortable with this. But I do think Caicedo will come in. I think Mohamed Kudus will come in. Um, and I think a goalkeeper will come in as well. But I think the goalkeeper... Again, I understand it, but if it's a sec, if it is really a second choice goalkeeper we're looking for, I don't think he needs to come in to the end of the window. It's not so an important deal to have done now, um, and I think Chelsea are focusing on Caicedo. Then you can see they're starting to do Kudis a bit more in the background. Um, obviously, they've, they've they've got this kid that reportedly was Brighton's replacement for Caicedo, so that will annoy Brighton a little bit which I don't know is the best I don't know whether that's the best tactics in the world to do but 
it is what it is. But I, I think we're doing business for the future. I understand that we want to do really well this season. Um, and us Chelsea fans are impatient. Um, but I think if we finish fourth or fifth, um, which I think if we can get a Caicedo in, I think this team is more than capable of doing, then that is okay to then allow these big, big players that will come in and will go out on loan. These players like Andre Santos who will be on the bench and learning in this year to develop and then you'll start to see us grow without actually making lots of big signings. Next summer, we can probably look at a goalkeeper, I think, probably look at a centre-back, um, but have a bit more, be a bit more comfortable to look for that because we've already got signings in the back door. We've already got potential centre-backs at Strasbourg that we may be looking at if they've done really well. Um, we could look at, um, etc. Um I like the process we're going on. Maybe it's not been, it's not, I, I wouldn't say it's a 10 out of 10 window. Don't, don't get me wrong. But I, at the same time, I wouldn't say it's a disaster like some people have been going on. Uh, I think the problem is with Chelsea, and I think particularly Chelsea YouTube, this is not aiming at you, Sadiq, but. It seems like it is. Other, no, I, no I, honestly, I, 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 I understand your points, but there are some Chelsea YouTubers that are just so flip flop, so reactionary. Polito! Yeah, sorry. It is a bit mind. It is a bit mind-numbing um, to see that people think after a club that's done, as you said, record some record sales, um, the way we fire sale people out and fire sale people out for some of them really decent prices. Um, it's good business, and I always think as well there is this thing called of addition. Subtraction is addition. Um, you you would add you add more to the team by subtracting the people that are harmful in the team. Your Mason Mounts, your Ziyeshes, your Chukakus, your High Habitses, who couldn't your Kovacic's who couldn't be bothered last season. Now you've got players in them positions. Yeah, maybe they're not technically as good in terms of the peak, but they actually want to they actually care and want to actually play for this club. Your Andre Santoses, you see, he wants to play for the football club. Kaseide, uh, if he stays, wants to play for the football club. Um, your Levi Colwills, your your Angelo Gabriels, obviously I think he's going to go out on loan. But um, your Jacksons, they really want to play for this football club. Um, so I do think that will help us as well. Um, I don't think depth-wise, if you look at other teams, once we I think once we get a couple of big names in, yeah. we'll be okay. I think we'll be okay. Um, we obviously it it is one of them things. Um, that cl- a certain Brighton has taken longer, but we just have to move with this and roll. Um, I think we'll we'll see in the next seven to ten days what's going to happen, um, and that will be where Caicedo gets decided. Um, so we will finish this pod up from here because uh, we have been rambling on for an hour and ten minutes. I'm sure. The viewers want to whatever they're doing after. See, Sadiq, as a busy man himself, has got to go as well. Um, Sadiq, I want to thank you for coming on, uh, and hopefully we'll be able to start seeing you a little bit more regular on the pod, if Carlito lets you, of course. <laughs> Carlito lets me. <laughs> That's a good one, my friend. That's a very, very good one. But thanks for having me. Um, this episode's coming out immediately after we, we stop recording. 
Um, just a few difficulties internally for myself. Laptop broken, charger port broken, basically. My laptop's in repairs at the moment. I don't know why it's going to take three to five working days. So editing is on hold at the moment. So apologies in advance for no intro uh, on, on these podcasts if we do it more often. But uh, yeah, we'll be back up to speed very, very soon. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. I don't think I've been on since start of last year, last season, or maybe just before Champions League final, whenever it was. It's quite a long time ago, if I'm being honest. So yeah, I definitely need to make more appearances. Uh, thanks for Matt looking after the brand as always. Very, very important person as always. And uh, we appreciate you, man. So yeah, thanks for me. Yes, definitely. Um, thank you for coming on. Um, guys, make sure you check us out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Give us a like, a rating. Um, and now apparently on Spotify, you can reply um, to the podcast. Really? So if you give us if you give us some comments, we can potentially look at that. Um, I'll have to have a look to see if we can actually do that, because I know some podcasts have been doing that, which will be interesting to get some replies from you, especially for this specific podcast as well and you can just tell tell us how much of a wanker me carlito jess and sadiq are as well we don't mind that um make sure you check us out also on our website www.worldwideshelf.com you can check the youtube the pods merch and the articles all in one place worldwideshelf.com um thank you guys for listening this is matt and sadiq signing out up chelsea let's go